Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, we finished up a series last weekend, and we're going to start a new series in a uh, couple of weeks. So I thought we would just do a couple of standalone messages over the next uh, couple weekends. And so this morning, I just have had something on my heart that I thought I would uh, teach you on. How many uh, know that every month we, we, we receive communion? We do it, uh, the Bible says, as often as you do it. Uh, early Bible times, they did it every day. Then it was weekly and monthly. And so we, we do it usually at the end of a series or at the end of a month. And it can just feel like routine. And I thought that I would stop and just take a Sunday and teach you how to really take communion. And I believe this morning that as we take communion and you receive what I'm going to say, you'll be healed this morning. I believe your body will be healed. Um, I believe you'll have some revelation this morning. So are you ready to learn? I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this is a preaching message, but it's a teaching message. But it's, it's, it's going to be good for you to hear this morning. Uh, My heart is that it will forever change how you receive communion from this Sunday on, that you would anticipate it. And you know, you don't have to wait till we do communion here. You can do communion at home. And so if you are watching from home, you might want to go and get some elements, uh, whatever you might have there, uh, wherever you're at, and you can receive with us. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Somebody say, this is going to be good. Um, We're going to start in verse 17. I'm going to put all of this in context, and we're going to bring this home and and, and impact you, inspire you. Verse 17 in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, this is Paul. Paul said, now on this next matter, I wish I could commend you, but I can't. How many know that's, that's not a good opening line? I wish I could applaud you, can't do it. Because when you meet together as a church family, it's actually doing more harm than good. Um, that's not what you want to hear, right? Um, that's, if I walked up here and said, hey, I wish I could commend you all, can't do it. Uh, when you come together as a church, you're actually doing more harm than good. That's, that's, um, that's a damaging statement, so we, we, need, we need to see where this is going. Verse 18, uh, I, I've been told many times that when you meet as a congregation, there are divisions and cliques that, are, that emerge, and to some extent, this doesn't surprise me, because there are differences of opinion and they're unavoidable. Yet they will reveal which ones among you truly have God's approval. Someone say, ouch. Verse 20, when all of your house churches gather as one church family, you are not really properly celebrating the Lord's Supper. For when it comes time to eat, some of you gobble down their food before anything is given to others. One is left hungry while others become drunk. Don't you all have homes where you can eat and drink? Don't you realize that you're showing a superior attitude by humiliating those who have nothing? Are you trying to show contempt for God's beloved church? How should I address this appropriately? If you're looking for my approval, Paul says, guess what? Not going to happen. Um, Paul, in this first portion of this scripture, identifies two problems that are happening in the Corinthian church. The first is disunity, and the second is disorder. 
And so what Paul sees is because of this disunity and disorder, and the, the word disunity in the Greek means schisms or splits. So Paul's saying there's just a lot of splits and divisions among the church, and because of those divisions, uh, it's manifesting in them taking communion the wrong way. And so here's what was happening there. Because of all these divisions and splits, some groups were going in early and eating up all of the communion bread. And then they were drinking all the wine to the point where they were getting drunk. Now, how many, that's a little bit of a problem. I mean, just think about that. Um, have you ever been to a picnic or somewhere and there are always those people who jump in the front of the line and weigh down their food and eat all the food? Don't look around. They might be in here. <laughs> so there's this, there's this, obviously, this issue with just politeness. And then they're taking the communion wine and drinking so much of it that they're getting intoxicated from it. And Paul actually says in the language that it's a heresy that this is happening. Um, a heresy means that you're dissenting from truth. In other words, the way that Jesus explained and ordained and put in order for us to receive communion they weren't doing it the right way at all. They were really erring and violating what Jesus intended for the Lord's Supper. And so here's my title this morning, and it's, it's not real creative. It's just this, taking communion rightly. Taking communion rightly. And I, I want to talk about how you and I take communion the right way have three life points for you. And the first one is this, is that you reverence the Lord's table. To have a reverence. Y'all know that reverence has just sort of disappeared in our culture. And really another word for reverence, that's sort of a churchy word, is just being respectful. So we need to have this attitude, this disposition that we're respectful of the Lord's table. That, that means that we don't treat it as common or profane. Now, I know that this story that I read in context is pretty extreme. Because I don't think anyone in, in here is jumping to the front of the line and consuming all the wafers and getting intoxicated on Welch's grape juice. <laughs> so we, we aren't probably taking communion wrong in that manner. But I wonder if we're really taking communion and receiving it in the manner that we should. So we're probably not violating it that way, but we could be violating it in a different way. And so if we're going to take communion rightly, then we need to reverence the Lord's table. That means when it comes time for communion, there's a respect in the air. There's a, a reverence for what communion represents. Now, Jesus, in the book of Luke, told his disciples that he was fervently looking forward to taking of the Passover feast with, with them. And the Passover feast was uh, a meal and a festival commemorating God delivering his people from Egypt, delivering them from bondage. And Paul later gave revelation to that event and now calling communion um, his, 
his explanation was it was a seal of the new covenant. And so the new covenant, basically the new covenant to you and I is when God promised you and he promised me that he would not remember our sins anymore. God went in the contract with us. He went in the covenant with us. If we're believers, he will not remember our sins anymore. He's willing to forget our sins. Is there anybody in this house that's glad that God has chosen to forget your sins? And that's what Paul's saying. This commemorates and it seals the new covenant. And the Bible says there's a new covenant because it dealt, away, it dealt away with the old covenant. It's a better covenant. I'm so glad that God right now is not consumed with my sin. He's not up there like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, what sin? Now think about that. Y'all look good sitting in church today, but you've had some not so good moments. And you've heard me say this before because I used to hear people preach this. One day there's going to be a jumbotron in heaven and everything's going to play out on it. How many have ever heard that? You know, that's actually not in the Bible. The only jumbotron in heaven is Jesus on the cross and his blood covering your sin. The Bible said he's taken that and separated it from you as far as the east is from the west. And so there should be a reverence for communion because that's what it represents. So when we say respect, what we're really saying is honor. Everyone say honor. We're honoring the Lord's table. And honor means that we put value on something. Something is weighty to us. And honor is a seed. Honor is the seed to receive the blessings of God. That's how we receive the blessings of God, is this this thing called honor. And when we put honor on the Lord's table, it lets us receive communion the right way. And the opposite of honor is what? Dishonor, which means you diss the honor. Or you treat something lightly. Now let me say this to you, when you dishonor something, it deludes its power. So if we now, what, it, what would be disrespectful in communion is to treat communion as common or to make it profane like they did in the church of Corinth. So we don't want to dishonor, but dishonor is not just violation. Dishonor can be treating something as common. And when we do, it dilutes its power. There's this story in the New Testament where Jesus was going from town to town and village to village. And how many know wherever Jesus showed up, things happened? Just little things like raising dead people, healing lepers, opening blind eyes. I mean, not much. It's an average day for Jesus, right? But he was going, and these villages were small, and they were in a small area. And Jesus was going into town after town and village after village. And the Bible said he was, he was preaching, he was teaching, he was healing the sick. He was delivering people who were oppressed by the devil. But he came to his own hometown which you think they would celebrate him and welcome him, but the opposite happened. And the Bible says that Jesus could hardly do any ministry in his own hometown. It didn't say he wouldn't. He wasn't like, my family's crazy, I'm out of here. It didn't say he wouldn't. It said he couldn't. And it tells us why. Because they lacked faith because they dishonored. And they said, oh, that's, that's just Mary's little boy. That's just Joseph's son. He grew up here. He went to our school. 
and they treated Jesus too common and they treated him too lightly. It missed the power that was available at that moment in their town, in their village to heal and liberate and set free. Jesus couldn't do any miracles in his hometown. Not wouldn't, couldn't. Do you know that maybe Jesus can't do something in someone's life? Not he, that he wouldn't, not that he doesn't want to, but he cannot because we're not honoring. Because we're dissing the honor. We're treating it too lightly. So we need some, what I call wisdom. You know what wisdom really is? Wisdom is knowing who or what to honor. It's really what wisdom is. Knowing how, who, what to honor. I, I, I believe this, that every problem is a wisdom problem. There's a wisdom solution. So, well, what's wisdom? It's just, it's God's revelation. And so wisdom for you and I would be to make sure that we're reverencing communion. Are y'all ready to read on? I mean, that was a bold first few verses. Paul, Paul's saying, hey, um, I would like to commend you. I can't do it because y'all are acting foolish around the Lord's table. So let's read on. So in verse 23, Paul says, so I've handed down to you, in context of all this, he says, I handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself. And so Paul is going to refer to what Jesus said in the Gospels. And he said, the same night in which Jesus was handed over, he took bread and he gave thanks and he distributed it to the disciples, and he said, take it and eat your fill. This is my body that was given for you. Do this to what? To what? <laughs> to remember me. He did the same thing with the cup of wine and said, this cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it, and whenever you drink this, do it to So. The first thing you and I need to do is reverence the Lord's table. The second thing is we need to remember the Lord's body. Now, I, what my heart this morning is, is to give you revelation on how you and I take communion. Because if you've been in church for a while, it's just something we do. So I, I want to give you revelation. So we see in these verses, Paul keeps bringing up a word, and the word is what? Remember. That is actually a word or a phrase that's throughout the entire Bible like 150 times. If it's in the Bible 150 times, we should what? Pay attention. So what God's saying is remember, don't forget. Remember, don't forget. What he's saying is this is important. This is important. The, the word remember means you keep something as an image in your mind. So what? The Bible is telling us is whenever you take of this bread and you drink of this cup, keep it in the image of your mind. Keep this in the forefront of your mind. If you don't, you will treat it too common or you could actually profane it. So what's the opposite of remember? Forget. Here's what the word forget means. It's sort of a word that you know, but like what's it really, really mean? It means this, that it means that you fail to or you stop thinking about something. 
So if remembering is I keep it on the forefront, the image of my mind, forgetting means that I fail to or I stop thinking about it or listen to this, I cease to care about it any longer. So Paul said this, he said, I got direct revelation from the Lord himself. He said this in the gospels, when you take this bread, when you drink this cup, you remember. So we don't want to forget, we want to what? Remember. This is a bold statement, but this will help you. The power of communion is not in these elements. The power of communion is in the remembering. I'm going to say that again because that was, that was good. It's not the power of communion is not in these specific elements. The power of communion is in the remembering. Keeping it on the image, the forefront of your mind, not, not allowing it to slip your mind, not allowing it, not, 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 not to stop caring about it, not, not, to, not to forget it. The power of communion is in remembering. Did y'all get that? And so Paul went on and he said, the bread actually represents his body. And the juice or the wine represents the blood of Jesus. Now, you know, these are, these are just symbols. But the Bible said that Jesus took the bread and he did what? He broke the bread. Why did he break the bread? It was a symbol that he was about to be broken for you. Now, he said, wait a minute, that's confusing because when you read the gospel account, no body was broken in the body of Jesus. It, it's a saying. It literally means this. His body was wore out for you. Have you ever just been through it and you just say, man, I just feel wore out? If you're 14, that doesn't make any sense to you. The older you get, you might have a moment where your body just feels what? Wore out. And the body of Jesus was wore out. That's what broken means. It was wore out for you. And so he broke the bread. He blessed the bread. They took of, of the juice or the wine. The juice represented the blood of Jesus that was shed for the removal of your sin. Now, I said the power is not in those elements. The power is in, it's in the remembering. It's in the remembering that his body was broken and that his blood was shared, shed for you. Now, um, originally when they would partake of communion, it was a specific type of bread, which was an unleavened bread, which meant there was no leaven in the bread, which was a symbol of sin being removed. And the wine was used because you get wine from what? Crushing grapes that Jesus was crushed for your salvation. Now, some people can get, you can get real caught up in we have to have the right wine. We have to have the right unleavened bread. And I want you to know that's not the issue. I don't want this to sound irreverent, but it could be a soda and a cheeseburger. Now stick with me, because the power is not the elements. That's a reference and a symbol. The power is in the remembering. The power of communion and what it does in your life, what it creates in your life, 
The power of communion is in what you're remembering. You're remembering that Jesus, his body was wore out on a cross. He was beaten. He was bruised. To the extent that they said when you saw the body of Jesus on a cross, it was not detectable that it was a human. It was wore out. Now listen to me. For your healing. And the blood of Jesus that ran out of his body was shed to remove your failure and your sin. That's why we take communion, because I got to keep remembering that. That's the image. That's the image that I have to keep before me. Um, I want to explain this the way I put this down, because this that I'm about to say is going to sound so simple, but it is so deep, it changes everything. The reason why Paul said, as often as you take this, remember. When you take the bread, remember. When you take the juice, remember. The power is in the remembering. As often as you eat and as often as you drink. Now, when you leave here today, when this experience is over, some of you are going to go home and prepare a meal and you're going to eat and you're going to drink. Some of you are going to stop somewhere and go in and sit down and someone is going to prepare you food and drink that you're going to consume. Or some of you are going to go do a mobile pickup, how we do it today, and take it home and you're still going to eat and drink. And then you know what you're going to do? Possibly take a nap. And you know what you're going to do after that? You're going to get up and you're going to partake, partake of some more food and drink. Then you're probably going to watch a little TV and you, then you're going to snack. Then you're going to go to bed and you're going to get up in the morning and guess what you're going to do? You're going to do that all over. Why? Because that sustains life. To the same extent that eating and drinking sustains natural life, receiving communion, eating and drinking sustains your spiritual life. It, to the same extent, as often as you eat, what is he saying? You got to keep drinking of the wine and you got to keep eating of the body. Are y'all getting where this is going? This is why, how, how do I take communion rightly? Well, I reverence the table. And I remember the Lord's body. Isn't this good? Yeah. Let's, let's read on to the end of this section of, of Scripture. Let's go um, verse uh, 26. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, look what it says. You are retelling the story. And you are proclaiming the Lord's death, what? Until he comes. Every time we Eat and drink of the cup and eat, uh, drink of the cup and eat of the wine. Guess what we're doing? We're remembering, we're reverencing, we're retelling the gospel story. And there's a proclamation to it. We are proclaiming the work of the Lord till he comes again. For this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in the wrong spirit 
is guilty of dishonoring the body and the blood of the Lord. So let, let each individual evaluate his own attitude and only then eat the bread and drink. That's what we're doing today. We're evaluating. We're teaching this whole message, this standalone message, so we will always take communion the right way. I, I love the words here. Attitude. A reverence, a remembering, a disposition of how we take communion. It's a worship thing. We're retelling. We're saying we believe in the work of Jesus. We are publicly believing in the work of Jesus. Where am I at? Verse 29. Look what it says. For continually eating and drinking with a wrong spirit actually brings judgment on yourself by not recognizing the body. This insensitivity is why many of you are weak. Many of you are chronically ill. Some even die. If we've examined ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, it's the Lord's training. So we'll not be condemned along with the rest of the world. Life point number three. So we're talking about reverencing the Lord's table, remembering the Lord's body, and three, receiving the Lord's work. Those are some weighty words that I just read. And here's what that means. We got to continue. We need to continue to receive communion with the right attitude, with the right heart, judging our own hearts. And then the Bible says some interesting things. It says, there are many people who are sick and weak and chronically ill and even die prematurely. And why is that? Because we've misjudged communion. We are not observing the body of Jesus the right way. We have forgotten that on the cross, he forgave your sins and he healed your body. That's why when I walk up here sometimes during communion, I say, when you receive this, you can be healed this morning. The power's not in the wafer. The power's in remembering that Jesus was broken on the cross, that you would be healed and you would be whole. And you got to keep taking communion because it keeps you connected to health and it keeps you connected to knowing you're forgiven. If we don't keep taking communion the right way, we forget that the body on the cross is our healing and the blood that ran down that cross was for our forgiveness. That's why we have to keep taking communion reverently, remembering the work of Jesus. And every time we do it, we retell the gospel. And every time that we do it, we proclaim we believe we're healed by the body of Jesus. Medicine can help, but it's the body of Jesus. And I'm forgiven. Why? Because I've grown into such a great person? No. By the grace and the mercy and the blood of Jesus on the cross. His body was abused so yours could be healed. Amen. Amen. So there's power for healing in communion. When that bread is consumed and when this wine is, is drank, it's us remembering every time. It's not just a routine we go through. Can I read you a couple scriptures? These are good scriptures. I know you know them, but Isaiah chapter 53. Let's listen to these words. It's talking about the work of Jesus. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for not his sins, but guess whose sins? Your sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be what? Healed. All of us like sheep 
have strayed away. We've left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep is silent before the shears, he didn't open his mouth. Unjustly he was condemned. He was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of his people. Our rebellion, our sin, our failure. So when I say to you that we have to rightly divide and rightly receive communion, what we are saying is his body is strong. And when we take communion, we're taking of his strength. When we're weak, we take of his strength. When we're broken, we take of his healing. Are y'all with me? Are you getting this this morning? There's an interesting, well, I mentioned a few moments ago that Jesus said he was fervent to receive of the Passover meal with the disciples. When God brought his people out of Egypt, miraculously brought them out of bondage, it, it, it said this about them, none of them would come out feeble. Millions of people would not come out feeble, and they would not come out broke. And when you read the, the Exodus story, you know that God delivered his people, and they came out wealthy. And they came out whole. How could that many people come out without any sickness or without any disease? So you're telling me that they were all healthy before they came out. That was impossible. But something supernatural happened that they came out and they put the blood over the doorpost. And when they came out, they came out and none were feeble. None of them left Egypt feeble. You say, how does that translate? If this translates to the new covenant for us, how much more does God not want us to come out feeble, but he does something supernatural. He provides healing for us, and we're healed because of the body of Jesus on the cross. His body was wore out for yours to be whole and yours to be healthy. That's why we remember the bread. That's why we receive of communion. Hebrews chapter 9. Are you getting some revelation this morning? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13. It says this, Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a, of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. So just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify your conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That's why he's the one who mediates a new contract or the new covenant, which is between God and people. So that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance that God has promised. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of their sins that they committed under that first covenant. So just as the body of Jesus provided you healing, the blood of Jesus has provided you 
freedom from the penalty of your sin. Anyone in this house or at home grateful that God's not remembering or holding your sins over you or against you? Anyone double glad? Anyone like, thank God. (laughs) If God's not remembering them, you don't have to either. So when Paul said, church, you are not receiving communion the right way, they were doing it very profanely, and I don't think anyone in here is doing that, but we could be treating it too common. It's the, it's the end of the month, we do communion, it's first Wednesday, we do communion, it's what we do, we, we take the little wafers and we take the little juice, and it's just what we do. Well, I want to challenge you from this moment on, whenever there's communion available, that you fix your eyes and you fix your heart on the final work of Jesus. And release your faith and release your hope in that finished work. Fix your eyes and fix your heart, fix your faith, fix your hope on the final finished work of Jesus. That's why he said, as often as you do it, remember. The power is not in the type of element. The power of communion is how well you remember. And the weakness of communion is how well you dishonor it. But we keep taking communion because we keep our focus. When we take this bread in a few moments, what are we focusing on? The healing power of Jesus. And when we take it again, whether you take it at home or we take it next month, what are we saying? My healing is from the Lord. My healing is from the Lord. He healed me. I'm, I'm not coming out feeble. I'm coming out whole. That's my, I keep remembering. That's my healing. That's my healing. That's my healing. He can use doctors, but that's my healing. When he can use nurses, but that's my healing. That's my healing. That's my healing. That's my healing. That's that's the forgiveness of my sins. That's grace right there in action. That's the mercy of God. That's the blood of Jesus. That's how I can be a Christian. That's how I can go forward because I'm covered under the blood. I'm healed by the body of Jesus. I keep taking and taking because it keeps me connected to that revelation. It keeps me connected to that wisdom. It keeps me, I take it out of reverence. I take it out of respect. I remember about the work of Jesus. If we we let that become common, we'll forget that it was the mercy and the grace of God that forgave our sins, and it was the goodness and the suffering of Jesus that makes us whole and makes us healed. So I said this earlier. I said, when you take communion today, healing can happen in this house. Healing can happen in this house. Healing. It's not in the elements. It's in the remembering. I keep remembering. Here's why I'm convinced 150 times the Bible tells us to not forget or to remember. Because we are forgetful people. Man, we're forgetful. I'm forgetful. I have a thing on my keys that helps me locate my keys. Because you know what I lose three or four times a week? My keys. And you've heard me say, you don't actually lose anything, you leave it somewhere. But we're forgetful. 
God saves us, cleanses us. And somewhere down the line, we start thinking we're not good enough. We came to him and all we had was the grace and goodness of God. And somewhere along the line, we thought it was about our performance. Why? We forgot. God did something in our life. We were going under and a check showed up in the mail. A blessing. Down the road a little bit, we're in the crunch. We forget that the God who was faithful yesterday is still faithful tomorrow. I want you to think about this. Somebody woke up, um, was it yesterday morning? Like $1.3 billion richer? The, the, the lottery, y'all read about that? It was like $1.3 billion. How many know they woke up different? If your numbers would have won, would you not have woke up different? You would have woke up different. Life wouldn't have seemed so rough. That boss that you that just stresses you out, you'd be like, I don't got to work for you no more. Stress and worry, how many know things would have immediately been different? Do you know the moment you came to Jesus, you woke up different and everything's different the next morning. Everything's different the next morning. Your life is more secure. Come on, everything was different the next morning. Don't you forget that. Everything's different tomorrow, why? He's the same yesterday, he's the same right now, he's the same tomorrow. It's all different for you and me, it's just different. The mercy and the goodness of God is fresh tomorrow morning. It's fresh, it's new, why? Whatever you're gonna go through tomorrow, he's already poured out enough grace and mercy. Just keep remembering, keep reflecting, keep acknowledging. Keep being aware. That's all communion is about. Keep being aware of the work of Jesus. Can we stand? How many got some revelation on that this morning? You got some good revelation. So so it would be wrong for me to say, good night, see you next week. We're going to receive of communion in just a moment. Uh, But before we come up and do that, and if you didn't get communion elements, if you just wave, our host will make sure that that you get some. If you didn't get any when you came in, but we're going to take it together. But I felt like it would be proper. It would be the right um, context for us to just worship for a moment. Just be grateful for a moment. Just be thankful for a moment. I want you to reflect on everything I said this morning. And don't you forget, sometimes the pressures of life, sometimes the forecast from the media, sometimes the uncertainty of our surroundings cause us to forget or treat lightly. I I want you to hear this. You've got to hear this the right way. I I know it's going to mess with somebody, but listen. Um, It doesn't matter who actually is in the White House. All that matters is who was on the cross. Did you get that? And it doesn't really matter what, what forecast is coming from wherever. What, what, what is important is the prophecy that the Bible has given us, the promises of the Word of God. It changes everything. So in your focusing on the challenges around you or even within you, they could cause you to forget. But don't you forget, you called to remember. And remember the work of Jesus on the cross. That changes everything. You are redeemed, you are forgiven, you are whole, you are healed, you are redeemed, you are set free, you are reconciled to God, you are restored to fellowship with God. Look at someone and say, you got it going on. (laughs) 
and you, you could think here, you could think, I'm not worthy. But I want you to know, he made you worthy. He made you worthy. The blood of Jesus and the work of Christ believed in makes you worthy. Don't call yourself unworthy anymore. You're worthy now because you're a son and you're a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And right now, at this moment in time, he deserves to be worshiped and he deserves to be adored and he deserves in this house and wherever you're at at home, before we ever take communion and we, we physically partake of it, we are right now spiritually remembering what he did for us. Lest you forget think that's why Jesus gave us revelational communion and Paul referenced it because we have a tendency to forget maybe not altogether but it becomes less important right here right now it's the most important thing that you're going to do today is receive communion in a moment so the one who provided that for us needs to be worshipped for a moment amen amen